0: Welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast, the show that brings leading minds from the energy industry to discuss the challenges and trends that are transforming and modernizing our energy system. And a quick thank you to West Monroe, our sponsor of today's show. Now, let's talk energy. I'm Jason Price, Energy Central podcast host and director with West Monroe, coming to you from New York City. And with me, as always, from Orlando, Florida, is Energy Central producer and community manager, Matt Chester. Matt, today we're diving into the intersection of municipal waste management and municipal utilities. Pretty universally, we all agree that reducing the amount of waste that can go into landfills is environmentally important. But what we're going to hear about today is how it can be done in a way that's not only sustainable and economic, but also can boost the local grid. So, Matt, over to you. I want to hear, have you seen any conversations on this critical intersection in the Energy Central community? You know, Jason, this appears to be one of the rare topics out there that we haven't yet covered on this podcast. And I'd say, uh, honestly, on the pages of energycentral.com, it's also not terribly well represented. There, There's some some discussion here or there, but it's definitely, it's due some, some more of a spotlight. Um, and that
1: said, given how frequently... The topics on Energy Central do focus on sustainability, cleaner fuels, innovative opportunities. I've no doubt that our listeners and readers alike will have their interest piqued and want to learn more about the topic from our conversation today.
0: Absolutely. I think that the topics like these like fall under the, you know, the title of pilot and pilots and innovation going on in our country. So I think this is going to be really interesting um, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot uh, from um, from our guests. So uh, we're being joined today with a guest from down in Gainesville, Florida, Gator Country, and that is Eric Newhouse. He is the planning engineer, and he's been integral in securing government support and investment in a new anaerobic digest project within the city. So let's bring him in and learn more about this topic that is indeed a fresh one for this podcast. Eric Newhouse, welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast.
1: Glad to be here, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here and really appreciate your time and, and I'm excited for the conversation. So Eric, let's tee this off. Tell us about Gainesville Regional Utility. Give us a, you know, the skinny on the history, the size, the mix of your customer base and where GRU fits in the Florida utility landscape and tell us what you're working on and trying to solve.
1: GRU has been a um, city owned utility since 1911. Uh, Currently we have about 100,000 electric customers, Um, but we also provide water, wastewater, natural gas, and telecom services. Um, I work in the sustainability department. Uh, Other organizations might call it the strategic planning department or something of that nature. Um, But currently we're uh, undergoing an integrated resource planning process to develop a roadmap for future power generation needs. The the solutions we develop need to satisfy the triple bottom line of people, cost, and environmental stewardship.
0: Very nice. All right, so good. That was a good good setup there. So uh, you came into the world of renewable natural gas and biogas by way of an interest in waste to energy projects. And that's what we're gonna talk about. So can you share with us what that journey of inspiration was and why it spoke so strongly to you? Sure. Um, Well, my my dad is
1: also an engineer and back in fall of 2018, he sent me an article from his alumni magazine and it was entitled, The Power of Trash. And uh, this article highlighted waste to energy and one of the uh, engineering alumni from his school, a gentleman by the name of Bill Krellen, um, the article really piqued my interest in waste to energy. Had, it's something I'd really never given much thought to. Um, and fortunately, the uh, alumni organization was able to put me in contact with with Mr. Krellen. And it turned out he was just a couple hours down the road working an outage project. In St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, at that time, Pinellas County was refurbishing their waste energy plant uh, in order to extend the life of that unit. Um, and from, from that visit, I learned a lot about the technology, but also the business model that these facilities operate under. And uh, ever since that day that I spent with Mr. Krillin, I've been trying to realize a project for the Gainesville community, and it's evolved into a project involving the capture and beneficial reuse of biogas from organic waste streams.
0: That sounds like it was almost like destiny, right? So let's let's dig deeper into biogas. Um, give us uh, give the listeners who are maybe unfamiliar with the basics. What are the inputs and outputs of these types of projects that involve biogas?
1: Organic feedstocks such as food waste, manure, uh, restaurant grease, and sludge from water-wastewater treatment plants, um, they all give off a mixture of gases when they decompose. And and the ratio-the ratio varies a little bit, but approximately 60% methane and 40% CO2 is a good good set of numbers that we can talk uh, with-talk about. So the the fraction of methane, that's your biogas. So the idea is to capture that gas as opposed to just letting it vent into the atmosphere. And then you can use that energy to provide baseload power to the local distribution grid. You can inject it into the natural gas pipeline, or you could store it for a rainy day.
0: Understood. So, I mean, I have experience with biogas projects at West Monroe, and I know that uh, there's a purification process that needs to go through. So, so talk to us a bit more about the scale of this and the involvement of that. How many megawatts might this add to the grid and and how much is needed before it's significant enough to get to the local. You know, the local buyers, well,
1: these projects tend to be on the smaller side, but, but we're seeing where they're. We're very profitable and they can-they'll add a lot of good-paying jobs to the community and they really help to reduce the amount of greenhouse gases that are emitted to the atmosphere. So if if you decided to run the biogas in in like a packaged genset unit to make electricity, then then most of your projects are probably going to be less than 10 megawatts. But uh, you know, for our community, we're hoping to get We're hoping to start off with about three to five megawatts of power. Um, And we anticipate the county will eventually come aboard, so perhaps we might eventually get up closer to 10 megawatts. But for our size community, this would be a great project, uh, a nice little project to help support the continuing ingression of solar PV
0: systems. Got it. So I just want to make Actually, I want to make sure I'm clear here. You're coupling this with other renewable to add more to the um, overall generation that you'll be providing. Is that what you were referring to when you said solar?
1: Well, solar is a, you know intermittent resource, but this uh, biogas can can provide bit, firm baseload power, which I think complements the solar. Got it. I was,
0: I was trying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's certainly it's uh, more firm than uh, solar. OK, so uh, now with your focus, having shifted to biogas projects, you you've secured some government interest in investment, which I think makes this uh, project going on in Gainesville even more interesting. So talk to us about that project. What does it entail? What's the current state of it and and where might it be going?
1: So last year, uh, the city of Gainesville won a grant from the Department of Energy for a uh, two-year feasibility study that takes a deep dive into anaerobic digestion technologies. Um, The city has to provide $100,000, but the Department of Energy is going to provide an additional $400,000. So we've got a a good bit of money to really... um, take a deep dive into it, and um, we-so in, we intend to hire a consultant to help us with site selection, determining the best use case for the, for the biogas that we capture, and we hope to complete about 30 percent of the front-end design work. So, I mean, the goal is at the end of that two-year feasibility study where we will be positioned to- um, Stand in front of the city commission and request the. The remaining funds that we need to finish out the project.
0: Okay, got it. So, I'm, you know, the energy central community, those that are listening in. Probably thinking along these lines and in some process or another um, in their own journey, I, I imagine that much of the potential for these types of anaerobic digestion projects come from the. You know, the myriad of economic opportunities that you've identified um in the lead up to the call you know you had mentioned RIN credits uh, to investments from the IRA to even utility opportunities for power purchase agreements ppas uh, if you could talk to us about you know how much of a needle mover are these opportunities in the grand scheme of things of creating usable usable energy for organic waste i've heard some estimations
1: uh, from the American Biogas Council, and I think I think that really put it in perspective for me. Um, they're saying that currently in the United States, there's less than three thousand digester facilities, but they've identified um, fifteen thousand projects that could go in, and um, if fully realized, those uh, those systems they're saying could produce over 100 trillion kilowatt hours of electricity each year so um so that's you know equivalent to over 100 million passenger vehicles removed from the from the from the road so i i i was surprised when i heard those statistics
0: yeah you know, in the uh, lead up to this call, um, Eric, if you if you remember, um, there is a degree of push and pull going on in the community. And I think that uh, projects like these, I imagine, get a mixed response. You've got those that are pushing for, you know, cleaner, cleaning up the grid, but then it's still burning a methane. So there's uh, must be some conflict there. So could you tell us, like, uh, you know, how do you think the gain feel? The Gainesville community is specifically positioned to navigate through these community, competing community positions that uh, that this pilot, is, this project, is doing.
1: Well, approximately thirty percent of your trash that's landfilled is uh, organic matter, so I don't see any opposition to the idea of redirecting redirecting that material an AD facility, um, advocates for zero waste are, are really against using plastics as a fuel source. But that's not what we're trying to do with this project. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to make a big in- incremental step forward without much opposition. Um, what I think motivated the Department of Energy to give us this grant is the fact that um, Gainesville is a moderately populate, you know, it's a moderate population density, mid-sized community. And, I mean, we know that larger communities like Chicago, New York, and cities in California have economic advantages that smaller cities don't have, um, but-so we're hoping to prove that an AD facility can work for a smaller community like Gainesville. Uh and then, you know, thousands of community of like sized communities are all across the country could could perhaps make it work as well.
0: Oh. Yeah. All right. Well given that you're a municipality, you know, a municipally <clears throat> try again. Given that you're a municipally owned utility, how does that impact the ability for you to get support for these investments? Uh, are you missing out because you don't have the type of scale like other utilities in Florida, like Duke Energy or Florida Power and Light might have?
1: I don't think the city of Gainesville is missing out. We uh, we do carry a, a good bit of debt, but, but there's always the option or possibility of, of handing off this project to the private sector. Um, there's all kinds of financing options or public-private partnership-type deals that can be um, arranged. So if we we're unable for some reason to um raise the capital that we need um we could partner with the private sector on a project like this because because they are profitable
0: from what we're seeing yeah for sure so you need to put the pictures and developments on energy central so the community can can follow this uh this 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 project um but you know uh so eric i do want to thank you for uh what you've provided so far so at this point in the show we go to what's called our lightning round which is an opportunity to get to learn more about you the person rather than you the professional uh we ask uh you to keep your response to one question or phrase and i have five questions for you so eric are you ready all right let's go all right what's your go-to guilty pleasure snack ice cream What book, album, or movie are you bringing with you to a deserted island? (laughs) I'd probably need
1: uh, some sort of survival guide, so maybe beer fishing for dummies.
0: What do you do to encourage your household to reduce their waste and energy use?
1: Uh, We wash our clothes on cold to try and cut back on hot water use.
0: If you were to have to take another, a different career path, what do you think you'd be doing? I wish I could be a professional baseball player. What are you most motivated by?
1: Uh, I'm motivated by bringing a vision
0: to fruition. Fantastic. Well, that was really a great job in giving us a um, little bit of an, in, an insight into who you are. So I appreciate that. And and as a reward, we're going to give you the last word. So, what are some important thoughts or lessons that uh, you want the uh, you want to leave with the audience at, at Energy Central on the discussion today? Well, we we talked a lot about
1: anaerobic digestion, but that's just one particular subset of waste energy technologies, and in my experience, I think there's um, some form of or type of waste energy that would be right for your organization. So I encourage everyone to to give it a look. Um, Given the incredible financial incentives that are now in place, it would be-it would most likely be time well spent if you've got the persistence that's required to see it through.
0: Terrific. Well, Eric, we have to thank you once again for joining us today and for the insightful conversation. As our community continues discussing this topic and react on energycentral.com, hopefully you can be around to respond to their questions and comments. But until then, thanks again for sharing your insights with us on today's episode of the podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. We also want to give a shout out of thanks to the podcast sponsors that made today's episode possible. Thanks to West Monroe. West Monroe works with the nation's largest electric, gas, and water utilities in their telecommunication, grid modernization, and digital and workforce transformations. West Monroe brings a multidisciplinary team that blends utility, operations, and technology expertise to address modernizing aging infrastructure, advisory on transportation electrification, ADMS deployments, data and analytics, and cybersecurity. And once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. And we'll see you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast.